Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Under the Covers with Eve. It's Sunday, January 31st, 2016. This week, I'm going to talk about something that I don't often hear talked about too much. And I thought it was worth mentioning because I've learned that a lot of people tend to stay quiet about things that they don't hear other people mention or talk about. I like exploring subjects that maybe others are hesitant to talk about um, because I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person to think about these things. Maybe by talking about it, I can encourage others to talk about it too, or maybe just become more comfortable with it themselves. Okay, so what are you talking about, Eve? <laughs> Today, I'm going to discuss sexual preferences and dislikes among those who consider themselves largely into vanilla sex. This is admittedly somewhat aimed at those of you who haven't had a partner yet, or who haven't had too much experience, but really anyone who has ever found themselves uncomfortable with some aspect of sex can also relate to this. And the way I'm going to approach it is to start with a framework that we're all pretty familiar with. Porn. Or more specifically, erotic audio. Everything I'm about to say also applies to visual porn. But for the sake of this audio, I'm going to limit it to discussing erotic audio, mostly because it has the element of reality and greater intimacy going for it. And therefore, it might be more likely to influence how you think real-world vanilla sex is supposed to be. And so let me just clarify, for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to classify vanilla, in quotes, as anything that depicts relatively straightforward sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. It sounds like biology class, doesn't it? Um, no particular kinks or fetishes, no role-playing, no toys, no other people, just basic, plain old-fashioned sex. Now, this isn't a judgment about this or any other kind of sex. I'm just mentioning it because, for a lot of people, this is the kind of sex they'll have in the real world. Or at least it's the most likely kind of sex that they'll have when they first start out. And this is what a lot of people, I believe, might come to expect from a sexual encounter, based on hearing this same scenario repeated so often. And so this is why I'm going to go through this list, not because it's really news to anyone, but because I don't know if anyone has thought about the fact that there's a kind of predictable standard to vanilla erotica, and that this standard might be cause for some concern for some people. But I'll get back to that after the list. Okay, so if you listen to an average vanilla audio by either a man or a woman, here are eight things you are likely to hear, or hear references to. Sometimes an audio will have only one of these things, sometimes it'll have all eight, or somewhere in between. But generally speaking, here's what you'll hear. Number one, physical contact. Whether it's cuddling, hugging, spooning, caressing, massaging, or just being physically close to each other, this is something you'll hear quite a bit. Now, touching can also range from light and gentle caresses to full body exploration, squeezing boobs, hand jobs, going down girls' pants. It's, it's quite a range. Okay, number two, dirty talk. Now, as you know, I don't like the word dirty, but I get it. This is obviously key in erotic audio, in particular, where everything has to be expressed through spoken word. But even aside from that, a lot of audios will feature the kind of talk 
that lovers exchange when they're horny and about to get it on. You know, Language that is designed to turn each other on or enhance the experience or else just loving words to express an emotional connection. I'd like to find another word for this in general. One that covers everything from loving whispers to, you know, calling each other by pet names for your genitals, you know. <laughs> Sexy talk? Love talk? Turtle talk? I don't know. Anyway, you get the idea. <laughs> Number three, kissing. You'll hear a lot of variations on kissing. Everything from light little pecks to full-on tongues dancing tonsil hockey. Some of my more popular audios are just like make-out sessions, just passionate kissing, and I do find them as sexy as anything else. The sounds seem to be able to express the sensation uh, and the emotions and the feelings of kissing really well. And kissing is one of the easiest and nicest ways you can be intimate with someone, so I can see why it works well in audio. Sometimes you'll hear other parts of the body being kissed, too, usually down the belly or the boobs. Number four, noises. Breathing, moans, cries, whimpers, groans, growls, grunts, schlicking and vapping. <laughs> You'll hear all the sounds people make when they're sexually aroused, in all their infinite variety, all the ways people have of expressing the pleasure that they're feeling. Some people are almost silent. Some are really loud. Some just breathe fast. Others just really moan and wail. It's, it's a kaleidoscope of noises out there. Number five, oral sex. You'll hear cocksucking and pussy licking. And sometimes, although not too often in vanilla audios, you'll hear some butt stuff too. Um, <laughs> um, for cocksucking, you'll hear the slurping and the sucking sounds, usually quite enthusiastically. Uh, sometimes deep-throating sounds and gagging. You might hear face-tapping, spitting, ball-licking, or sucking. Um, and you'll also hear a lot of reference to pre-cum. I'll talk about orgasms in a minute, but there's obviously a lot of reference to cum in terms of swallowing it or getting it on your face or body or inside you, and a lot of discussion about how great it tastes, how hot it is, how white it is, etc. <laughs> okay, for pussy-looking, you'll hear wet tongue sounds, usually quite fast, usually a bit muffled, as if he's buried right in there. Um, <laughs> but you'll also hear uh, some sucking, sometimes the sounds of tongue or finger-fucking. Uh, in some audios, women describe how much they're squirting. Often you'll hear about a woman who's so wet she's dripping. And because it's audio, again, you'll usually hear quite a bit of talking during it. Things like, you taste so good, things like that, and moans of pleasure from the person doing it. All right, number six, penetration. Again, in most vanilla audios, you'll hear some variation on positions, meaning everything from man on top to her on top to her on top backwards to from behind to up against the wall. I mean, I know these all have names. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean. The point is, you'll hear one of these positions and the speed and, let's say, enthusiasm <laughs> will vary. Some audios are tender and slow, very sensual, and the sex is depicted as more loving. Some audios feature the sounds of his thighs slapping against her ass as he just pounds her. Sometimes the sex is 
short and sweet. Sometimes it's broken up by other things and returned to. Somewhat related to this is that you'll often hear how hard he is, in addition to how big and how he fills her up and stretches her out, things like that. All right, moving on. <laughs> Number seven, orgasm. Um, in most vanilla audios, you'll hear the performer either really orgasm or pretend to, and this will vary considerably as well. Some people really scream. Yes, Tark, Sunshine, I'm talking to you, you magnificent thing. Um, some are a little more reserved. <laughs> some guys bellow and roar. Some just sort of let out their breath. But most audios reach their climax uh, when the performer does. The point of it is to experience that sweet moment of release. And usually, too, the performer encourages their imaginary partner, i.e. the listener, to come, too. And we'll do this either through gentle encouragement or by more um, <laughs> forceful suggestions. I wish I could put an emoji wink in here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you'll often hear um, you'll hear the depiction of both partners uh, coming either at the same time or one shortly before or after the other, and the the flood of amazing feelings that this provides. You'll hear a lot of references to his come. Again, how much there is, how hot it is, how white it is, how delicious it is. Lots and lots of talk about how much she loves it, how great it feels inside her, all that sort of thing. And sometimes you'll hear about her squirting when she comes. Okay, and finally, number eight, aftercare or afterglow. Uh, usually the term aftercare applies to less vanilla audios. One partner sort of soothing the other after uh, something rough or maybe a bit painful or whatever. But it can also just mean afterglow type stuff. Lying together, catching your breath, maybe some kissing, maybe some turtle talk. <laughs> I like turtle talk. I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> uh, an increasing number of audios are doing what visual porn usually doesn't do. They're showing you what happens or they're, they're telling you what happens after the orgasm, which is a really, really nice touch, um, no matter what kind of sex has been going on. Okay, so that's a typical erotic audio in a nutshell, with lots of amazing variation and creativity from all the people who perform them. Now again, please don't take this to mean that I think all vanilla audios are the same, or anything like that. I'm pointing this out for a reason. So here goes. If you listen to audios like this, you might start to believe that this is what sex is. That this is what all people want, do, and expect. You might be tempted to think that this is precisely how every sex session goes always and forever, and that if you fail at any of these things, you're voted off the sexual island forever. Knowing that this is all just fantasy helps, of course, but I think a lot of people take this to heart and start to believe that this is, this is the playbook, this is the way it should be for everyone. And whenever that happens, in any area of life, but especially when it comes to sex, I think it ends up making a lot of people feel self-conscious and abnormal, or worry that they just aren't good enough. A few guys, for example, have expressed concern about their ability to please a woman orally. Maybe they haven't had a partner, or they haven't tried it with a partner, 
And they're terrified that when the big moment comes, they'll be sitting there in front of a girl with her legs spread and, and they're going to completely flame out and she'll hate it and leave in a huff, you know? A lot of uh, virgins are really worried that they will disappoint any future partner, as if she's going to be judging them the whole time and frowning at their efforts. But beyond this, often it's about more than just not knowing if you'll be good enough. Something I don't hear discussed often enough is what to do if you don't like any of these things, these supposed standard and normal things. Because the truth is, not all of what I've described in this list is going to appeal to every single person every single time. This isn't about what to do if your partner doesn't like something. This is about what to do if you don't like something. How to deal with the things you're uncomfortable with, or can't do, or don't want to do. So much of our attention is focused on potential partners and, and pleasing them, that I think we can forget that we have to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of someone else. And, and that that goes for sex, too. So while this list does describe what most people generally seem to like, again, it's not a playbook. It's not a list of required actions, like some sort of operations manual for fucking, you know? First you do this, then she does this, then he puts that there, you know? These are things that most people enjoy, yes, but not everyone does all of these things all the time. Not every sexual encounter with your lover is going to follow these steps. Now, I know sometimes some people have trouble with the idea of uh, reciprocity, for example. It comes from a good place, from wanting to make sure that both partners are given equal attention and pleasure. And in many cases, it comes from guys worrying that they're being too demanding or insensitive to their lover. But trust me, sometimes it really will just happen this way. She'll suck your cock for a bit, and then maybe you'll fuck a little. Maybe you won't go down on her at all, and it'll be completely okay. Maybe she won't feel like it right then. Maybe she'll just want you inside her, you know? Sometimes you'll go down on her, and then, and then you'll both go have dinner or something, you know, no further sexual activity at all. You won't be seething inside, thinking, but I didn't get a blowjob, bitch. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> Sometimes you just touch and kiss, and then you go right into lovemaking. No oral at all for either of you. The point is, there's no set of rules for sex. These are all just things a couple can do, not what they should do or should want to do. And, you know, no one is going to be keeping score. No one should be keeping score, certainly. Well, I went down on him three times this week, and he only ate me out twice. Bastard, you know. <laughs> Um, and this is, you know, this is especially true if any of these things are something that you're just not into. If you don't like giving or receiving oral, there's no rule that says you have to do it. That's for you and your partner to figure out together. Maybe he or she can take it or leave it too. Who knows? But it's not a failing in you if you don't like something. So let me just go through this list again and talk a little bit about each point. So number one physical contact. Not everyone is going to like or want a lot of physical contact, even within a sexual encounter or relationship. Some people just aren't physically comfortable with someone so close to them, and they don't really like cuddling or, or spooning, or, you know, just from a physical standpoint. You may think that lovers always fall asleep in each other's arms, but for a lot of people that would just never happen. There's no way they could get comfortable enough fall asleep entwined in someone, 
You know, they really do need their space. So if you or your partner are like this, it's okay. Just talk about what you do like or what you are comfortable with and go from there. Keep in mind, too, that touch can refer to manually stimulating someone, like a hand job or, or fingering her clit and pussy, and that not everyone feels touch sensations the same way. Some people are very sensitive, and what you might consider to be normal touching is actually painful or uncomfortable for them. I mean, the way some people vigorously uh, rub some girl's clits in porn, wow, I mean, for a lot of women, that would really hurt. Um, same with some of the rougher hand jobs I've seen. And for some women, penetration, even with a single finger, can be painful and uncomfortable. So, you know, if you're a girl, it's okay if you don't want someone to go crazy with their fingers down there. All right, number two, dirty talk, sexy talk, turtle talk, whatever. <laughs> Again, not everyone is going to be comfortable being so vocal during sex, either in terms of volume or in terms of what's being said. For some people, it really adds to the excitement, but for a lot of others, um, they really prefer not talking at all. Or maybe it's the kind of talk they object to. I don't know if you remember that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry completely freaks out a girl by saying, the panties your mother laid out for you during sex. <laughs> it's pretty funny. He claimed he was, he was just trying to keep up, you know? He had no idea what it even meant. Um, <laughs> she freaked out. So for some people, saying the wrong thing during sex can completely and utterly spoil the mood. So, you know, if you or your partner aren't into adding some verbal spice to your sex life, that's okay. You don't have to. Just tell each other this before you jump into bed. That's just my advice. All right, number three, kissing. It's hard to imagine someone who doesn't like kissing, but for a lot of people, it's just not their thing. I've heard some... Um, non-kissers <laughs> describe it as slimy and, and gross, um, that there's a bad breath issue and they don't like the saliva and, you know, for a lot of people, full-on, tongue-on-tongue snogging just isn't pleasurable. So if you prefer to kiss without the tongue, that's fine. If you want to kiss on the mouth maybe just a little bit and then move on, that's fine too. You don't have to get all gooey over someone shoving his tongue down your throat, or someone covering your chin with her saliva, you know? If it's not your thing, that's fine. Just make sure your partner knows before but you start a snogging session, otherwise they might think they're just a bad kisser. And if, by the way, you think your partner is a bad kisser, don't tell them this. Bad idea. Just show them how you like to be kissed. Just guide them, suggest things, but never insult a new lover. All right, number four, noises. <laughs> Again, this is a big point for a lot of people, for lots of reasons, including not wanting to let family or neighbors hear you. <laughs> um, but aside from that, some people just don't want to make a lot of noise during sex. It's just a personal preference. I've heard from a lot of women that they don't think it's ladylike to moan and scream like porn stars do. Some people would find it just too embarrassing to really let go and make some noise, or else it just isn't the way they want to express themselves. And some people express themselves in, in, in lots of different ways, too. Um, when I was a teenager, I was staying overnight at my friend's house, and about two in the morning, we heard this insane giggling coming from her parents' room. 
I mean, it was so weird. I, I had never heard anything like it. I asked my friend if her mother was okay. And she just rolled her eyes and said, they're having sex. My mother laughs like that when she comes. <laughs> I couldn't believe what a frank and open household this was, but you know, different strokes. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> whether you feel like shouting or whispering or crying or squeaking or giggling or none of these, <laughs> that's fine, you know, same for your partner. Don't take it personally, though, if she's not a screamer. It, it doesn't mean she didn't enjoy it. Okay, number five, oral sex. I'm going to break this up into two sections, giving and receiving. So let's start with receiving. Here is where you might find some really surprising things. I've included a link to an oral sex survey. These questions were asked of married Christians. And while you might think this would skewer their answers more towards the um, this is morally wrong side of things, that was actually one of the least common responses. What you'll see is that while both men and women generally say they enjoy oral foreplay, most of them like it only as part of a fuller sexual experience, and most are more concerned with how their partner feels about it than anything. In this uh, survey, nearly 8% of the guys said they were worried that they were using her. 4% didn't want her to swallow. In fact, 30% said they don't care if she swallows or not. And when you combine um, two very similar questions, you'll see that nearly 30% of the guys said it's nice foreplay, but they want to finish through intercourse. So if you think that all sex has to feature serious deep throating and gagging and come swallowing in real life and that all guys really want this, just know that this isn't necessarily true. I've known of men who actually don't like receiving oral sex. It just doesn't feel good to them, and they prefer she doesn't do it. It's just a personal preference, and there's nothing wrong with that. Same with women. In this survey, 25% of the respondents said they would do it only after a shower. I mean, they would receive it only after a shower. 17% said they didn't understand why he'd want to do it, and 8% said it made them feel gross. Some women are very self-conscious about how they smell. They worry about how wet they get, and they worry that it makes them too slutty to want to do it. Okay, so giving oral sex. Again, most people in that survey expressed a desire to do it to their partner, either because of how it pleased the partner or because it genuinely turned them on. But in both sexes, there were significant numbers of responses that verged on the negative. Everything from, I hate it, it's gross, to, I feel stupid, to, I'm afraid he or she will want it all the time. I think it's worth noting that men and women feel pretty much the same way about this. If you like it, great. But if you don't like it, um, a lot of men and women tend to feel bad about it and spend a lot of time worrying about what their partners will think. I think here the bottom line is every couple is going to be unique in this area, and it's worth talking about this and figuring out what each of you likes and wants. Hopefully you'll be compatible, and even if you aren't, sometimes it's a really simple fix. In this survey, nearly 8% of the ladies said it might be okay if he would wash. I mean, I mean, my God, seriously? If all it takes for you to enjoy more head from your partner is just take a shower? Wow. Problem solved, right? 6% of women said that they'd let him go down on her, but only in the dark. 
okay, great, lights out, you know? So, you know, maybe these things aren't carved in stone. Maybe you can find a way to make it work. But even if you don't, even if you never like giving or receiving, that's okay. That's you. You don't have to like oral sex. Number six, penetration and fucking. Okay, so this sometimes isn't as much of a problem for younger people, although it certainly can be. But sometimes um, intercourse or... That sounds so much like Mrs. Hotchkiss, who was my my grade 9 biology teacher. Um, intercourse, or penis in vagina sex, is painful and uncomfortable for one or both of you. I mean, it happens. There are all kinds of causes and reasons, but for a lot of people, especially women, they just don't enjoy penetrative vaginal sex very much. Sometimes they find it painful. Um, sometimes they'll find vaginal sex painful, but anal sex is fine. It really depends on the woman. Sometimes the woman's partner uh, really is too big for her comfort. And sometimes sensitive people just don't take well to the physicality of being penetrated. They don't like the sensations of it. They don't feel good being jostled around and subjected to the forces of a man thrusting, even if he's being gentle. We all tend to believe that since sex is a natural thing for us to do, that we all must just love it. And while many people do, of course, um, in fact, I noticed that 36% of women in the survey wanted to finish with penetrative sex, even if they didn't orgasm from it. You really can't ignore that it's, that it's just not that great for a lot of people. The medical condition is loosely termed dyspareunia, which just means painful intercourse. And it's, it's much more common in women. It's estimated to affect up to 20% of women at some points in their lives. For men, too, there are all kinds of reasons why sex might hurt, including um, having a foreskin that's essentially too tight or, or other problems in that area. But the point is, intercourse can be a painful problem for some people. And it might not be something that you want or like during a sexual encounter. As for positions, again, this is something I think gets blown way out of proportion by porn and other media. You'll see some gorgeous girl with legs up to her armpits just straddle a guy in a chair, and he whips out this 12-inch anaconda, and they start this riotous fucking, and she's gyrating and bobbing up and down on him, and then she lies down and hooks her ankle around her neck, and he slides into her from behind, and it all looks so easy. And then you try it, and you end up in some bizarre game of twister where you can barely reach each other, never mind fuck like you're these beautiful Greek gods. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, if your bodies are a bit larger, if your cock isn't 12 inches long, if you aren't in superb physical shape, you know, some of these things you see just won't be possible. Either that or be possible, but you won't exactly be throwing your head back in ecstasy, you know? You have to remember that Professional porn stars are hired for their ability to have lots of sex and look amazing doing it. It doesn't mean this is what the mere mortals are capable of. Guys in porn, in particular, are required to do some pretty athletic things, if you think about it. They're often required to either support or fully lift up the girl completely, sometimes up against the wall and such, but sometimes they have to just stand there, holding her, fucking, or whatever, you know? I mean, this is, well, you know, good for you, Arnold, if you can manage it, but 
I'm sure a lot of guys can't, especially if their partners are like 80 pound lolitas. But in real life, this is going to be a bit more of a challenge. Also, don't worry if you can't pound away like a jackhammer for 45 minutes. It's okay, all right? Um, <laughs> some people just don't like various positions too. They don't like doggy style from behind, both because it's less intimate, not being face to face, and because it does feel a bit different from the woman's perspective. Some don't like the girl on top position um, because it requires a lot of work for the girl that she might not be physically used to. Again, if you're young and fit and beautiful, great, you know, but most of us aren't, and it's a lot more difficult than it looks. As for the 12-inch anaconda thing, I've done an Ask Eve <laughs> where I talk about cock size, about growers versus showers, about how some cocks have a curve upwards or downwards. It's all very normal. Oh, and how the average cock size is just a little over five inches. And I, I also want to say it's normal not to be rock hard all the time as well. I know guys feel a lot of pressure to be rod ever hard all the time. And yet, there are all kinds of reasons why this might not be the case all the time. It is not an indication of your horniness or how much you're turned on by your partner. So don't worry if sometimes you're not as hard as you'd like to be. And if you don't like a position for, for whatever reason, don't feel as though you have to do it. Like you have some repertoire that you have to fill out. You can have a perfectly happy relationship, never having done a reverse cowgirl. You really can. Okay. Orgasm number eight. This is a big one. <laughs> literally. It's, literally, it's a big one. Okay. So much to say about orgasm. First of all, let me start with the ladies. A lot of women have some difficulty coming. And again, there are all kinds of reasons for it. Some can only come through direct clit stimulation, like through oral or rubbing. Um, some need penetration, either vaginal or anal, and some just don't come very much at all, if ever. It's a very complicated thing, and it's way beyond the scope of this talk. But let me just say, if your partner doesn't come, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you failed her. It could have nothing to do with you. You could be the best lover she's ever had. She could be totally in love with you. Her ability to orgasm may rest entirely within her. So if she can't come, or doesn't want to, or has problems with it, just talk to her and try to work out what she might need, see if she wants to try new things. But if she never becomes this crazy, screaming, coming whirlwind, don't blame yourself. Don't worry about it. In a lot of porn, the woman's orgasm is not clearly specified. At least it hasn't been in the past. I think that's changing now. And something I watched a bit of the other day made me think of this. Maybe you can... Maybe you can help me out here. At the very end, after the guy finished, uh, the video continued with her on the bed with a vibrator, just by herself, bringing herself to orgasm. Is this a thing now? Because, <laughs> I, I don't know, I thought it was a little odd. Is this meant to show that she did, in fact, come? And why did she have to do it by herself with a, with a, with a dildo? There was a guy right there. Anyway, I don't know. That's what it, that's what it looked like to me after a brief glimpse, but... <laughs> Maybe you can let me know. <laughs> Whatever the case, usually you see and hear a lot of moaning and screaming as she's being fucked, but you don't see a lot of actual orgasms or even fake ones. Sometimes, certainly, as I said, um, 
this appears to be changing, especially with videos that feature girls just masturbating um, with attaches or vibrators or whatever. In real life, you'll experience a wide range of responses, but it will rarely be like what you see in porn. Some women squirt, some don't. Some have multiple orgasms, some don't. Some women experience a sort of whole body orgasm that's really intense, but some are kind of quick and over too fast, you know. The point is, maybe your partner will come, maybe she won't. Maybe she'll scream and holler and squirt, maybe she won't. It's all okay. As for men, again, there's so much to this, but essentially, porn and even erotic audio can give you the impression that all men love for sex to finish with an orgasm. That all men should have loads and loads of hot white cum that just shoots across the room. Um, <laughs> that women will just love the taste and feel and want to eat it and, you know, so while all this is very often the case, it isn't always the case. A lot of guys, for example, prefer not to come when they have sex. They like to edge, in a sense, let it build up and stay horny for days or even weeks. They love penetrative sex and oral sex and all that, but they don't want to actually ejaculate. And also, for a lot of men, they can have the most amazing orgasm of their lives, and yet their cum will just sort of ooze or dribble out. You know, it'll hardly, like, spurt up into their hair. Um, some guys don't come very much. Um, like, they don't produce a lot when they come. Certainly not, like, squirt after squirt after squirt that you see in porn sometimes. And sometimes it's not that white. Sometimes it's more of a cream color or even kind of transparent. This is all perfectly normal stuff. It's just the way some guys are. And speaking of just the way some guys are, not every guy will have pre-cum either. Or rather, not every guy's pre-cum will surface out of his dick. It's always there. Um, because it serves an important biological function, but it's not always going to drip out of you. It doesn't mean you're not turned on if you don't have pre-cum. It's just a normal variation among men. A lot of men worry they don't have enough cum, and they want to increase their volume or how far they squirt. And You know, you can control these things somewhat, but it's just not that big a deal. It's not something that I think a man has to worry about in general. If he and his partner want to have fun and try to increase his volume or, or change the taste, that's fine, you know. But if you're not into becoming some geyser of a cock, you know, old faithful kind of thing, or, you know, or things like if you don't really want to come on your partner's face or whatever, don't worry about it. Some guys don't like the idea of coming on their girl's face or body or whatever. Some guys don't like the messiness of cum or the smell or the taste. Some people would rather just come inside her and never deal with it. It's just a preference thing. It's not a rule. Some guys like to taste themselves. Some don't. Some really would love it if she'd lick it up and swallow, but some don't care. Again, this is something you're going to have to talk about with your partner and figure this out together, but there's no rule about this. And you're not doing something wrong if you don't like something about it or if you can't or don't want to match the performance of the porn guys you see. Oh, and one last little thing. Simultaneous orgasm doesn't happen too often. It's nice when it does, but it's rarely so well-timed. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's something you and your partner can work on achieving together, but don't worry if you don't come together too often. For both men and women, you and your partner's sexual pleasure are very personal things. How you enjoy it's completely up to you, even if that means you don't have orgasms all the time. It's quite okay. Okay, finally, number eight. 
afterglow. This is similar to number one, the physical touching part, you know, kind of coming back full circle. Some people really want to cuddle and connect after sex. It's a really, really important part of the experience for them. I might discuss this in a, in a different episode. There's been a lot of talk about what happens in the brains of men after coming, but anyway, it'll be another episode. Um, but this experience is not for everyone. For some people, they'd rather be alone after sex. Or at least, you know, they need a few minutes to themselves. <laughs> for some people, the afterglow that comes over you after a great orgasm is something almost blissful and transcendent. Something you just want to bask in for a while. You know, like those Gary Larson cartoons of the boneless chicken ranch. Just imagine yourself like a boneless chicken just lying there, you know. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to be touched right away. Maybe you're still very sensitive throughout your whole body. And you don't want to immediately cozy up to your partner. It's okay. If you need a moment to just come back down to earth, then take it, you know. You aren't being mean or uncaring towards your partner. Um, it's just what you need, you know. The point of all this, don't be afraid to say that you don't like something. Even the so-called vanilla things that we're sort of led to believe absolutely everyone loves and will expect of you. I mean, you'd be forgiven for thinking that every sexual encounter with anyone follows the kiss, touch, fondle, lick, suck, fuck, cum model, but that's just not true. The only time you might be concerned about any of this, uh, whether it comes from you or your partner, is if you feel that this is creating a one-sided and ultimately really unfair relationship. If you believe that either of you is just being a little too selfish in bed, or, you know, expecting, say, oral sex but too lazy to return it, something like that, then maybe you need to look at that. But beyond that, if there's something you just aren't into, it's okay to talk to your partner about it and find out how you can work it out. Particularly if the thing you don't like involves doing something to them, you know, as in you don't like going down on someone, you know. Make sure your partner understands that you aren't turned off by her or by him personally, just that this is something you wouldn't be comfortable doing with anyone. So to sum up, just keep this in mind. Sex is personal and unique. Do what feels good and right for you and your partner. Not all sex has to end in orgasm for either of you. You didn't fail if your partner didn't come for whatever reason. And you shouldn't feel like the only acceptable outcome of a, of a sexual session is a, is a blistering orgasm. You don't have to be a gold medalist in sex. You will become good at what your partner likes and what you like the longer you are together and the more you talk about it. Inexperience is not a failing. Remember, too, that all fantasy depictions of sex, including audio and porn, are like movies. They mimic reality, sometimes extremely well, but they aren't the real thing. So just enjoy them. Be inspired by them. Dream about having it one day. Even copy them with your partner if you like. But don't ever feel that you aren't measuring up if you don't do everything you see in here. Okay, so that's it for this week. Thank you again for joining me. Hopefully I've given you some food for thought. Please keep sending in your comments and questions. I really like hearing from you. Um, I like knowing that I can engage with people and hear their comments and get people thinking about stuff. So please don't be shy. Don't be afraid to let me know what you think. I'll be back again next week. Until then, stay cozy and stay warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.